0: Awesome. Well, hey guys, it's great to have you guys here. I'm pulling up my notes. I'm excited about tonight. Are you guys excited? Yeah. You guys are excited to study God's Word? Yeah. How many of you guys think it's fun when we worship and then guitars break and we get to sing a cappella? That's kind of cool. That was fun. I'm impressed. I mean, that's not the easiest song to sing without music, uh, but you guys must listen to it every once in a while because you guys did pretty good. And uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um so, yeah, guys, we're just going to dive in because we got a lot of ground to cover tonight. Um, I have a few announcements, and I have a few more announcements I'm going to do at the end. Um, first announcement is that there's no uh, girls' group or guys' group this week on Thursday night. Um, spring break, we'll let you guys hang out and do what you want. Uh, but next week, you're definitely going to want to come. It's going to be good. We're going to be hitting it off. It's going to be great. Um, and then the other announcement is next week, Tuesday night, I am not going to be speaking, but that does not amen. mean to uh, not say amen. That is bad news. Oh my gosh. All right. No, next week uh, we have a guest speaker. Uh, he's, he's slowly becoming a good, a uh, good friend of mine. Um, and he is uh, a missionary. He and his wife are going to be joining us. Uh, they're missionaries on their way to Turkey. And uh, just some really cool things. He's going to share his testimony with you guys uh, and just kind of what God's doing in them and in their ministry. And uh, they're church planters. They're going to go plant churches where there hasn't been churches and there hasn't been Christians for over 100 years. There's some really cool stuff. Uh, He loves history, so he's a lot like me. Uh, And he loves plants, so he's a lot like me. Like he understands trees and everything. And you're going to hear about hazelnuts and. What Hazelnuts have to do with the gospel. It's crazy. It's going to be really cool. But the reason, uh, one of the reasons why he's coming to speak is because he's been to Ephesus and we're going through the book of Ephesians uh, and and he has some really cool information about Ephesus and where we're going to be in scripture next week lines up perfectly with having a missionary come because that's one of the uh, offices, the fivefold ministry that's talked about in Ephesians chapter four. Uh, So we're going to hear from someone who is doing the work that Paul had done back in the day and who many apostles through the years has been doing. Doing as well, uh, So it's going to be really cool. So I want you guys to come. I want you guys to bring a friend um, and, and really just get to hear this vision, here this mission uh, and see what we can do to get behind him. It's going to be some really cool stuff. But aside from that guys, those are the only announcements I have for the time being. I've got some more that we're going to hit at the end. Uh, but I just want you guys to open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Okay, everyone open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. For those of you who do not know where Ephesians is, there's the little trick. Giants eat peas and carrots. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Comes right after Galatians, which is right after 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Right after Romans, after Acts. You got four Gospels, now y'all should be able to get there. So when you get to Ephesians chapter 4, let me know by saying holla. 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 Alright, if you don't have a Bible, raise your hand if you don't have a Bible. No, we aren't going to stone you. We're not like that, uh, Wesley, I think there's a Bible right behind you. Uh, you want to throw that up here to the front, or oh, you got a man right there. All right, awesome, Eric. I'm sorry. He even Eric asked me on the phone. I'm going to put no, I'm not going to put you on the spot. He asked me if you should bring a Bible, and he was going to, and I think he left it in the car. We still love you, Eric. <laughs> um, all right, if you're not there yet, say hold up. But by then, everyone should be there. Paul, we all in Ephesians chapter 4? Awesome, well guys, we're just going to read through it right now. Uh, the first uh, six verses, so follow along with me if you can. Uh, I therefore, who, who's the I? Paul, okay, the therefore is referring to the previous uh, three chapters that we've looked at. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of your calling with which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one um, hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you so much this evening uh, for your word. God, you you speak to us through your word. It's just amazing. Uh, God, uh, daily, uh, we find just uh, you speaking to us through your word, God, and there's just so much truth and so many just epic things uh, contained within your word. God, we pray that tonight, uh, as we take a look at these few verses, God, that we would, um, God, that we would truly walk away different from when we came in, uh, God, we would have a greater understanding of what Your Word has for us, uh, God, just the those riches that we have in Your Word, uh, God, I pray that we would be encouraged by what Your Word has to say, God, that Your Word would encourage us in all that we do, God, that we would, God, that we would be built up. Uh, because of what your word has for us. God, it would inspire us, uh, God, just to live more for you, to be more on fire for you, God, and that your word would challenge us. God, we pray that every time we approach your word, God, your word would challenge us to live um, different, to live more for you. God, we just pray that tonight, God, you would speak to us through your word. Uh, God, that, that these would not be my words. Uh, God, that anything that would be of me may just just on deaf ears. Uh, God, and may your perfect word uh, come through. Uh, God, because we're here to learn from you. God, we're here uh, to get to know you better and to fall deeper in love with you. So, God, we thank you and we praise you in your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. 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 So, we've been talking uh, the last few weeks. It's always good for us to do review to catch people up uh, who haven't been here. Uh, And if you're taking notes, great opportunity to take some notes. Uh, So, here we go. This letter has a theme. The letter's theme is new life in Christ. For those of you who've been coming weekly, uh, how many times does the phrase in him or in Christ or in God or in himself, how many times does this show up in this letter to the church of Ephesus? A few. Eight. A few, not 87, not quite that many, 27 times. It's crazy. And it's all about new life in Christ. It's the life of the believer. So this is summed up really well uh, in, in three different ways. Paul likes to write his books uh, in in block sections, and so Ephesians kind of blocks out for us pretty nice into three sections. And those are the richness of the believers, the reflections of the believers, and the readiness of the believers. And and, and we've been talking the last few weeks about the richness, and we started last week uh, talking about the reflections that the believers have. Um, The riches, if you guys can remember what the riches means, if you can't, we have them all up here. Uh, The richness of the believer is, we have riches as believers. and those, we have five. And they are that we are chosen, we are adopted, we are accepted, we are redeemed, and big one, we are forgiven. That's pretty important. Then the next week we talked about what our resurrection as a believer was. We were dead in sin, but then two of the greatest theological words ever, but God, okay, all of... Humanity, all of history hinges on those words, but God, and now we are made alive in him. Pretty epic stuff. If you weren't there to hear it, we have the sermons taped. That's a sermon you want to listen to, okay? It's pretty epic stuff. Okay, the next one is our reward that we have as believers, okay? We have a shared hope. Uh, We get to share the Messiah. We get to share the hope with those who were Jews, because if I had us raise our hands, The majority of us, if not all of us, are probably not Jewish. And so now we have been grafted into that family. It's really cool. Uh, And so as a result, now we have a new way of living. And we've been talking about what that new way of living is. John, if you can hit the next slide. Uh, We're moving into the reflections of believers. Because as you know, if we are living with these riches, if we have all these rich blessings and, uh, and, and wealth as a believer, we need to be reflecting something, okay? And those come from God. And so our reflections as a believer, we must reflect Christ, okay? And if we're not reflecting Christ, then we're hypocrites, and that's a big, big problem, okay? So we must reflect Christ, okay? If the world looks at us as if we were a mirror, okay, they should be seeing Christ's reflection, not our own, okay? And so what we talked about was the revelations, the revolutions, and the relationships for the believer. That was two weeks ago, and we looked at what the cost of unity is. Unity costs us our freedom, it costs us our pride, and it costs God, his life. It cost Jesus his life. Uh, and then from there, we looked at what the importance of a mutual relationship in Jesus is. We talk so much in Western Christianity about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is 100% necessary. Okay, A personal relationship with Jesus Christ is 100% necessary. But it is also necessary for us to understand that we must have a mutual relationship in Christ with all the other believers. Okay? The church was so important to God that he sent his son to die and in dying he establishes the church okay and if the church was that important to God that he had to shed, uh, sh- shed his blood for it it should be important to us as well okay so we need to have a mutual relationship in Christ together okay then last week we talked about the reasons the renewal and the reputations for the believer and we looked at God's love and we looked at God's love volumetrically we looked at its height its width its depth and its length we didn't decide to do it like that. That's what Paul wrote down for us in the second half of Ephesians chapter 3. And that now brings us to tonight. And tonight's portion of scripture is going to be Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 through 6, which we already read. And we're going to be looking at the reconciliation and the roamings of the believer. Okay, We're going to be looking at what it means to walk worthy of the call with which we were called. Is that okay? You guys feel like you're all caught up now? No. We're all caught up. How many of you guys are taking notes? All right, props to all the note-takers. If you're not taking notes, I still love you. God still loves you, but the person next to you who's taking notes thinks you're lazy. No, they really don't think that. Some of them do, but that's okay. Um, So before, um, before we go any further... Uh, Paul tells us, he wants us to answer a call. He wants us to walk worthy of what we've been called. Okay? And Paul tends to do this when he writes. He he sets up the stage for what we are called to do, and then go. Okay? So we see here in Ephesians, he starts asking us to now answer the call, walk according to the call, and he does this in chapter 4. So the previous three chapters are setting us up to understand what that call is all about. You see, when he wrote Romans, the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans all talk about grace, okay, and, and and how with that grace, now we can go and live for Christ, show grace to others, and really understand from what we were saved, why we are saved, and now what we can go do when we tell our friends about Jesus. Okay, how many of you guys have ever read the book of Romans before? Okay, I know we're going through Ephesians, but this is time for a Romans plug. Okay, Romans is great. If you haven't read Romans, read Romans. It'll rock your life. I know Dan's been studying through Romans. Dan's learned some pretty cool stuff. How many of you guys have learned something amazing from the book of Romans before? Yeah, everyone's hand should go up. If you read Romans, you should have learned something. Okay, well, we're going to be hitting Romans here in a, a few months, maybe, Lord willing. It should be fun. Um, but so this far in Ephesians, we've we've seen 66 verses uh, leading up to the answering of the call. Okay, everyone say 66 verses. I'm not all like creepy Bible Cody, because that's kind of funny. But there's sixty-six books in the Bible. We've got sixty-six verses up to this point. Okay, Christ is talked about in this book in him twenty-seven times. There's twenty-seven books in the New Testament. It's completely it's it's not like no, I, I shouldn't have even said that. I just now, now you guys minds are going crazy. It's cool. God's perfect, and He just does random perfect stuff in His Word. It's kind of cool. Uh, and so now we're going to learn to walk uh, according uh, to the call, walk worthy uh, of the call that we have. So as Christians, um, Peter, when Peter wrote uh, his epistle uh, to the churches there in Asia Minor, you can look at it in in First Peter chapter one, he talks about to the believers who are sojourning, okay? That's an old English word for, do you guys know what sojourning means? It's a bird. What's that? It's traveling. Traveling, yeah. You're roaming around, okay? Roaming, okay? And, and and what it means to roam is it means to walk around, but it's different. There's two synonyms for the word walk that begin with R. One is roaming and one is rambling. Rambling means you're Going around aimlessly. You have no purpose to what you're doing. But roaming means you're still moving around, but it's not without purpose, okay? And so we as Christians, we are not wandering around aimlessly, but we are walking with a purpose, and people should be able to tell who we are, what we're about, by the way that we walk, okay? Like a runner would run a a race to win a prize, Paul even talks about that uh, in 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 some of his letters. Like a runner, he's running with purpose. How many of you guys have ever run track before, or just run just for fun? No, no one runs just for fun. But uh, if you've ever run before, you know you have a purpose. Okay, you want to get to the end. Okay, for the people who don't like to run, you're trying to finish fast so you don't have to be doing it anymore. Uh, if you're competing in in, in something you're trying to win the prize okay so they're running with a purpose and much like running with a purpose we need to walk with a purpose how many of you guys like just fun stories okay here's a story for you and here's a random fact for you that you can stump your friends with and, and be like hey i know something you don't know how many of you guys know about fiona campbell Oh, yeah, everyone knows Fiano, uh, F- 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 Fiona Cannibals. <laughs> no, uh, she, she is a woman who holds the world record uh, for most miles walked in a lifetime, okay? Um, I know, right? It's, it, it's, it's kind of a crazy thing, but when she, was, when she was 16, she decided she'd leave her house and just walk, okay? And, and 49 day, days later, she had walked across England. Uh, that's kind of cool. Then she decided she would, uh, when she was 18, she'd go to Australia. She walks across the entire continent of Australia. It's pretty impressive. She had some blistered feet. She even wrote a book all about it. And so to this day, she's walked across four continents, like legitimately across. She, she came to America. She walked from New York all the way to Los Angeles. No. Then straight from there, she flies back to Europe, and she walks from Portugal, all the way to the Russian border, okay, this girl walks, and in her lifetime, okay, she's recorded to this date over 20,000 miles of just walking, that's not jogging, that's not driving in a car, that's not riding a bike, she's walked over 20,000 miles across four continents, that's crazy, okay, uh, and she's a determined walker, and much like Fiona Campbell, we need to be ter- uh, determined when we walk, Um and it's time that we live out the truths, it's time that we live out the riches that we have in those first three chapters of Ephesians. And like I said, if you haven't heard what those things are, we just briefly went through them, but if you want to hear more about them, I encourage you to read the first three chapters of Ephesians, and if you want to hear more, uh, you can listen to them, you can come talk to me, we can get you those sermons, because there's some really important things that we must understand. But when we think about uh, all those riches, when we think about the blessings, it it can tend to be, in Christianity, uh, kind of a roadblock for Christians. We hear all these great things that God has done for us. We hear about all the blessings that we have in Christ, and it starts to feel really good. Okay, And it's not a bad thing that it feels good. I don't want us to, to start thinking of it as a bad thing, but it's time that we put those truths into action. It's time that we properly reflect Christ. Ephesians this far has been uh, pretty great and I hope you guys have loved it as much as I have uh, but now we must do something with it. Uh, like Peter when he goes to the Mount of Transfiguration you guys remember the story, New Testament Peter, uh, James and John they go with Jesus up to the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus is praying and then all of a sudden next to Jesus appears Moses and Elijah Okay, and his face starts glowing with light. They see him uh, in, in his glorified body. You guys know what I'm talking about? Okay. What did Peter say in that moment? A little Bible trivia for you. What did Peter say in that moment? Let's yeah, let's stop and let's build not just an altar. What did he say? Three. Let's build three, but not altars. He says three tabernacles. One to Jesus, one to Moses, one to Elijah. Let's set up shop on the top of this mountain. Let's stay in the mountaintop experience and let's never go back down. We're comfortable here. We've experienced God here. Let's stay here. Okay? But it's not where they were supposed to stay. It's not where they were supposed to say, and Jesus brings them back down the mountain. And so we need to come back down the mountain. It's great for us uh, that we know uh, what Christ has done for us and the blessings that we have, um, but we need to go away from now sitting in this, oh blessing, 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 fun area on top of the mountain, getting all warm and fuzzy, and it's time uh, that we go down... Uh, To the valley. Okay, it's good. All that stuff is good as foundation, uh, but we need uh, to have this foundation translate uh, the doctrine that we've learned into duty. Okay, because doctrine (coughs) is great, but without duty, it's pointless. Okay, if you get all head smart but you don't do anything with it, you're dead. Okay, you're legitimately dead. How many of you guys know professors who they know their stuff? Super smart, but they haven't left their office in probably 60 years. Okay, They don't know what's going on. And uh, that's a problem that we can run into as Christians. It's great to study God's Word. Do not get me wrong. It is great to study God's Word. It's great to learn what great theologians have said about God's Word. It's important that we learn these things. It's imperative that we learn these things. These doctrines, these truths, these theologies that are in God's Word. But if we don't do anything with them... We become stagnant. And that is a very, very bad place to be. Okay? Because if we do not do what the gospel has called us to do, so if we do all the reading, we have to hear the call of the gospel. Okay? And the gospel is for us to go out and make disciples. Okay? Evan? Are we lying to ourselves if we don't hear, if we don't hear um, to be called or to allow? Elaborate on your question just a so little bit more. So are you saying if we read the gospel and so then we should hear um are you say we should hear God or we should hear um when I say hear I'm not like it could be audible okay no, like, like not, you, I, I, you I, I, I know what you mean by that but okay. more of like your like a conscience Okay, so, so, so yeah, I think I see what I you're saying. I like like Right, okay, so, so, so I think what Evan is asking, and correct me if I'm wrong, Evan, if we read the Bible, if we hear the truth, if we've given our heart to Jesus, we should have something inside us that is saying, hey, we need to go do something. We need to go reproduce. And if we don't, are we lying to ourselves? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that's a good question. And, 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 and so we're going to stray from the notes just a little bit because that's a good question. Thank you. Um... The number one uh, warning for us in the New Testament. How many of you guys know what the number one warning in the New Testament is? False prophets. Okay. False prophets. What's the second most talked about warning in all of the New Testament? Yeah. Do not be self-deceived. Okay. And and, and when we're talking about self-deception, we're talking multifold. Okay. Uh, We can be self-deceived into thinking that we are living for the Lord, but we're really not. Okay. Um, and, and to elaborate on that is probably for another time, okay? Yeah. But we can also be self-deceived in thinking, okay, I'm doing enough. And I think this kind of goes to where you're at. You get saved, you go to church, you start reading your Bible, okay? Maybe you start actually studying it, because we all know there's a difference between reading and studying, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, Maybe we start studying it. We go to church, we come to Ecclesia on Tuesday night, we sing the worship songs. We might even listen to only Christian music, okay? But we don't go tell our friends, okay? But we can justify it by saying, you know, I do enough. Like God's pleased. I'm going to church. I'm reading His Word. I'm doing all the churchy stuff, okay? Um, and so, on that, if you think that's enough, then yeah, you're you're probably lying to yourself, um, because God doesn't call us to be stuck in these four walls, okay? Uh, The prophet Ezra in the Old Testament, okay? Uh, He went with the Jews from Babylon back to Jerusalem to build the temple. They were there years, and they hadn't even started. And God prophesies through one of the prophets and says, hey, you guys are stuck in your paneled houses while my temple is not built yet, okay? He calls them out. So God likes to call us out. Okay, How many of you have ever been called out in sports before? Uh, called out maybe in a classroom. Those aren't the greatest ones. Um, but like someone says to you, uh, I played football, so I'm going to use a football example. Um, I was an offensive lineman. Okay, Offensive linemen are the best players on the team. Ask Dan. He's a running back. He's a state-leading uh, running back. He's going to play uh, college playing running back. And the offensive linemen are the most important people, aren't they, Dan? Eric, you play receiver in college, okay? The quarterback would never have time to throw you the ball if what? The receiver's are still the best for the players. <laughs> 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 Leave it to the receiver to say that. My goodness. Okay, no, but the O line that's an important position. But Evan, Evan liked to play some D-line, played a little nose guard, but then he decided he'd come to the light side and just stay with the offensive line. But D-line, and they have this, like, complex. They always want to, like, challenge people, okay? They're like, I think I'm better than you. I'm going to run right through you, okay? And so they call you out, and they make sure you know what you're doing. Because guess what? If a defensive lineman calls out an offensive lineman, and the offensive lineman's been doing a lot of talking, but then can't perform, he looks like an idiot. And it's okay if I say idiot in a sermon. Because that's what we look like as Christians. And when we are called to task, and we don't perform, we are not reflecting Christ. Because if we are truly living for the Lord, then when the time comes and we're called out by someone who's not a Christian, or maybe even called out by a Christian, what are you actually doing with your life? If we're truly living for the Lord, we're not going to look like we just got caught on the spot, caught red-handed. We're going to be able to speak from example, speak from uh, like we know what we've been doing, okay? Okay uh and so uh, to answer your question Evan uh, the call okay there's many different calls and we're going to hear in two weeks about a lot of these different calls okay uh, but one thing is for certain if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ Jesus' last commission to us okay which is a calling for us was to go and make disciples okay we need to go and we need to spread the word of God okay So that's a call that goes for everyone. Some people are called uh, to vocational pastoral ministry. Some people are called to go be missionaries overseas. Some people are called to go be successful businessmen who bring Jesus to their community, okay? So there's a bunch of different calls, but we need to learn to put our doctrine into duty. We need to learn how to put what we've learned into action. We need to be able to come down from the top of the mountain to the valley because how many of us know? Okay, now we're right back on. How many of us know that at the mountaintops, okay, those super high experiences with Jesus, woo at those places, you're not going to find people who need Jesus because everyone's already loving Jesus up there. Okay, but the folks down in the valley, they need Jesus just as much as we do. Okay, unless we start thinking we're cooler than them or higher than them because we're up on the mountain, we have to first remember that we were down in that valley as well. Until someone said, all right, you know what? I'm going to do what God's called me to do. And they, being led by the Holy Spirit, they come they tell us about Jesus. Because someone told us about Jesus. His Spirit is leading us from the foundations of us being born. His Spirit leads us and tries to draw us unto Him. And we make that decision, hey, I'm going to follow Jesus. Now we get, ooh, mountaintop experience. But it's not to be there always. We need to go down to the valley. Now, does that mean emotionally we get all, woo Jesus? And then we go down to the valley and we're always like, oh, this sucks. Life is ridiculous right now. No, that's not what I mean when I say valley. I mean we need to go to the places where jesus is needed where we bring him with us does that make sense you guys kind of tracking with me Evan? good question i just want you guys to know it's it's totally okay uh, to ask questions this is a safe place we can ask questions all we want uh and we, and we can go off uh notes if we want at any time okay um but we need to learn uh to walk worthy uh of the call by which we were called okay I think before we start talking about walking worthy, we need to define what walking worthy means, okay? I think if I were to go around the room and I were to ask you guys the question, what walking worthy means, we'd all probably come up with some good answers, okay? Um, But we're going to look back to what the original text uh, had to say, uh, and that word walk worthy is defined by consistency, Okay? To walk worthy means to have your definition. You are consistent. You walk consistently. Okay? Uh, it means to be true to your calling. It means to be reconciled. Okay? How many of you guys have heard the term reckoned? Okay? I am reckoned to this. Okay? In order for us um, to to walk worthy or walk reconciled or walk with consistency, uh, what we have we must... Um, uh, that word there, worthy, uh, is, is is the Greek word uh, that literally means to be weighed out, okay? Weighed out. And what they would used to do uh, to make sure something was worthy is, you work this many hours, that equals to this much salt or whatever you're being paid in, okay? It's it's a you do this amount, this amount equals the same. So for us, walking worthy to what we've been called, if we've called to follow Jesus, the way we live our lives should be equal to how we've been called, does that make sense? Am I losing you guys? It's kind of going over any heads. Okay, so how we live our lives must be the same as what we profess to be. Okay? And when I say profess, that means if I stand in this corner and I say, I am a Christian, I am a follower of Jesus. Okay? We all know what that means. I just claim to be a follower of Jesus. Now, my walk, the way I live my life, the way I am when I'm not at church, must be equal to what I just professed over there. Does that make sense? You guys have probably heard the cliche walk the uh, talk the talk and walk the walk. How many of us know it's very easy to talk the talk? Okay? It doesn't matter what we are. Okay. It can be theological, it can be sociological, it can be economic, it can be anything, you name it. It's easy to talk the talk. I could stand up here for you and talk the talk like I know anything about basketball, okay? But when it comes to walking the walk, some of you have played basketball with me. I know nothing, okay? Amen. I really don't. say <laughs> saying amen at the wrong times. So that's messing me up. <laughs> but you guys get what I'm saying. It's easy to talk the talk, but sometimes it's hard to walk the walk. Okay? And if we are professing, if we are truly being worthy of the call, if we are being reckoned with our call, if we are being consistent, okay? How many of you guys know what consistency is? Okay? Raise your hand if you know what consistency is. Yeah, I think we all know what consistency is. Okay? It means that we're constant. There we go, I just broke the rules of English. You can't define a word with the word. But I did it. Okay? You can do that in theology, it's all good. <laughs> It means to be constant. It doesn't change. And so that's how our walk is. God has called us to be someone who does not change. Does that mean we don't grow? No. Growth and change is different. But our stance, our foundation, must not change to walk worthy of the call. Turn with me. Keep keep your finger in Ephesians chapter 4. Turn with me over to 1 John. It's a great opportunity for for me to ask you if you did your homework from last week. Last week, we talked about God's love and I gave you the homework assignment to read all the book of 1 John. I already know one of you guys did that. How many of you guys did your homework and read the book of 1 John last week? Alright, we got another one in the front. The rest of y'all... I'm giving you another chance. You're gonna read 1 John this week, okay? Uh, but 1 John is great. Uh, and look with me in 1 John uh, chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. This is what is it uh, this is what it says. If we say that we have fellowship in him, that's Christ, and walk in darkness, that's sin, we lie and do not practice truth. That's black and white. If we say we walk with God, but we live in sin, we are liars and we're not walking in truth. But if we walk in the light as He in the light, we have fellowship with one another. If we are constant, if we are truly living and walking worthy of our call, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all our sins. Guys, if we walk worthy of the call, we are forgiven of our sins. And if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Guys, we all sin. Okay? We all sin. Let's be honest. But we need to acknowledge our sin, ask for forgiveness of our sin, because what does it say down there in verse 9? It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is epic, okay? Continue over in 1 John. You're going to read this later on this week as you do your homework. But 1 John 2, verse 4 says this, He who says, I know him or I know God and does not keep his commandments, that man is a liar and the truth is not in him. It's pretty, pretty important for us to understand that. Okay, and I think it was probably five or six weeks ago we, we quoted this verse and we said, because Jesus says, hey, liars don't enter the kingdom of heaven. And we talked a little bit about that. Sam asked that question. And we, and we had a good uh, um, conversation there, okay? Okay. Um, But it is important for us not to lie. And I'm not just talking about, oh, I didn't take the cookie out of the cookie jar. Okay, yes, it's important for us not to lie there. But it's really imperative that we do not lie by saying, I know God, but we don't live or walk according to his commandments. That's important, okay, because that's being a hypocrite. And that's not good. Okay, if we're not reflecting Christ in that manner. This is what it says in verse 5. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him, ought himself, also, read it, also, walk just as he walked. You guys catch that? Yes, sir. If we say we abide in Christ, if we say we know Christ, not only is His love perfected in us, we could spend hours just talking about that. That's just freaking ridiculous that His love is perfected in us. That's cool. okay? But even more so, even more so, if we abide in Him, we must walk and we will walk just as He did. God became man, Jesus Christ the Son of God came, walked on earth, and did some amazing things. Guess what? If you abide in God, if you truly follow after God, hey, guess what? You're going to walk like Jesus walked. That's pretty cool. People knew when Jesus was coming to town. It should be said of everyone in this room, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, when you walk somewhere, people should say, hey, there goes Corey. He's a Christian. He loves Jesus. There goes Dusty. Man, that dude's on fire for Jesus. There goes Courtney. She loves God. That's how it should be said of us. And we're warned in Scripture. We're not even going to go there, but we're warned in Scripture. If people are talking good of us and, and or, or people don't know what's going on with us, like they don't know we're Christians, we're not bearing fruit, we get cut back. Does that mean we get cut off? No, but it gives us more opportunity to grow. But God will bring some things that will help us grow. Okay, and That's another sermon for another time. Did you guys know that four out of five people in the United States claim to be Christians? You guys know that 35% of America claims to be a born-again follower of Jesus? And uh, the question I would have to ask is where is the consistency? Where is the consistency? If four out of five Americans claim to be some sort of Christian, whether that means they're esoterically a Christian, whatever, where's the consistency? Because I look at the world around us and I see very little consistency even in the church. That's a problem. That's a problem. You remember what Jesus said of the church of Ephesus. We can see Jesus wrote this church a letter in the book of Revelations. What did he say about this church? Hey, you're doing a bunch of good stuff. You look great from the outside, but I have this one thing against you. What's the one thing against them? Yeah, they lost their first love. They weren't all about Jesus anymore. They were all about looking good, talking the talk. But when it came down to walking the walk, they fell short. May that not be said of us. May that not be said of the followers of Jesus who go to Ecclesia, those who are at Hillside Christian Fellowship. May it not be said about us that we've lost our first love, that we're just hypocrites. We must reflect Christ in everything that we do. Paul, the author of Ephesians, Paul definitely walked his walk. How does he start out verse 1? I therefore a prisoner... Let's be honest. If it came down to going to jail and you were just talking the talk, you'd jump ship right then. Oh wait, i got to go to jail? i got to be chained to a Roman guard 24-7? I'm on house arrest? Alright, I'm done. Just talking the talk. I'm not really walking it. But if you're truly walking it, like Paul was, hey, there's going to be some persecution. (laughs) Our walk is defined by our consistency. Uh, secondly, if you're taking notes, that's our first point. Okay, yeah, I still got time. Uh, that's our first point. Our second point is our walk must be and is demonstrated by our humility. Our walk is demonstrated by humility. How many of you guys have ever. Uh, it's just. I always used to say this because I was a prideful, arrogant, just punk, okay? I walk into the room and just because I knew what Bible stuff was all about, you know, I walked in. and I go, I bet you I'm the most humble person in this room. Hello, that's just a stupid statement because that doesn't actually mean anything, okay? Uh, but me, the seventh and eighth grade year old punk, thought that was cool and I thought everyone's gonna be like, oh man, he's so humble. Yeah, trust me, it did not work that way. Um, but humility is uh, is very important, okay? We go from the definition to the demonstration. Because consistency, if we are defined by consistency, we've got to demonstrate humility. Um, This walk is not about you. This walk is not about me individually. Um, This walk is about how we walk one with another. To walk worthy of the call is to be in unity. And you're going to hear unity even more by the end of the sermon okay? but this walk is how we walk one with another okay, and, and as brothers and sisters in Christ we must learn to walk one with another in humility as iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another okay? we need to learn how to build one another up Okay? And we do this through humility. As we can see here in verse 2, um, we see some things talked about. It says, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering and the bearing one another in love. So just so you say, well, man, no, I think the Bible's talking about me. It's all about my walk. Okay, No, I'm not making up this whole thing, unity together. Okay, It says it right there, that we walk bearing one another in love, not bearing ourselves in love. Does that make sense? So you don't think, oh, Matt's making something up on me. No, I'm not making anything up on you. Okay, it's scriptural. In lowliness, mm. to be lowly in Greek society was the lowest of low. Okay, uh, no one in Greek society was lowly except the slaves. Okay, if you were deemed lowly, you were an outcast. You were kicked out of the city. But here's the deal: Jesus says of Himself, "I am the lowliest." Okay, Jesus comes in being completely counter to the culture okay and he calls us to be lowly as well and this is cool cuz when we guys when we think about that lowliness is a trait of Jesus didn't first john chapter 2 just tell us if we truly love god we're going to walk the way he walked okay if jesus walked lowly how should we walk lowly we're going to ask that one more time and get you all involved i know it's late if jesus walked lowly and we follow him how should we walk lowly there we go. Y'all are awake. Praise the Lord. Amen. And the next one is gentle. Uh, in some translations, it's meekness. How many of you guys have meekness or meek in your Bible? Okay, there we go. A few hands. Uh, meekness throughout the history of Christianity somehow got translated into weakness. Okay? Meekness equals weakness. If you are meek, then you are weak. You become the doormat of society and let people walk all over you. Oh, that person's a Christian. They're weak. They aren't going to respond to anything I say. But that is not what gentleness means. That's not what meekness means. I'm about to blow your guys' mind on what gentleness is all about. Okay? And the way we blow minds here is we look at what the Greek has to say. Because the Greek word for gentleness is prowess. Not prowess, it's prowess. Okay? Do you guys know what prowess means? No, sir. It literally translates as power. In Western civilization... When we hear meekness, we think weakness. But what its real meaning is, is power. That's impressive. And this is the kind of power it is, because this just brings up another level. It's not like power like Hulk or the juggernaut, you just go run through walls. Okay, it's not that kind of power. It's not the kind of power that Evan Gavitt has when Evan goes to the gym and bench presses over three hundred pounds. It's It's not that kind of power. It's the kind of power that's power under control. Because there's power that's pretty, like, out there in your face. And you're like, wow, you're a little too powerful. Hold back a little bit. That kind of power leads to anger. As Yoda would say, anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering, right? That's what Yoda says. I just had a marvel reference and a Star Wars reference in the same point yes I'm a nerd and I love it praise the Lord Uh, but power under control is so much greater than rage so much greater than anger okay the way I can uh, uh, define this best for you uh, is I watched a video on YouTube okay it's okay to watch videos on YouTube just don't spend too much time doing it Um, but this was actually a really good uh, video uh, it was of this guy uh, who, little to everyone's knowledge, um, had been a boxer and a wrestler in high school, okay? Uh, he knew his stuff. He was a powerful guy. Uh, he wasn't the biggest in stature, kind of a smaller guy. Uh, and he was just walking down the street and some punks, okay, some big dudes uh, who had probably had a few too many drinks, uh, maybe were on something more than just alcohol, but they were definitely inebriated. Uh, they decided, hey, we're gonna go uh, show this dude, we got some power. Okay, Uh, and these guys go and they jump this dude, and they start just beating the snot out of him, okay? Uh, But this guy, uh, being powerful, little to their knowledge, but he had his power under control. These guys wasting all their energy, doing everything, and this dude single-handedly, okay, four guys jumping, okay? This dude takes four hits, so he throws four hits, and he'd knock all of them down, okay? Because he had his power under control, and he knew all these wild swings aren't going to do nothing. But if I dodge one and come up right underneath, catch mine under the jaw, they're done. He had his power under control, and when his power was under control, he left them pretty gently. Okay, it's okay. They're they're not dead. Okay, they're there. But uh, but he he put them down. Okay, and we as Christians, we are called to have this kind of power. No, we don't go like flash our power around. But hey, we need to have power that's under control and i think i heard justin when i said power under control you said humility that's what it is it's humility the way the greeks use this word uh they use this word to describe a stallion okay so like a wild horse that was wild but then they tamed it okay and they can ride it but it still has all that power but it's bridled Okay? You guys get what I'm saying there? Uh, long-suffering. It's a great Bible word. It's the next one in our list of words that talk about humility. Long-suffering. Um, it's used in the Bible all the time. It doesn't, uh, uh, it's does not it been like, tried to be retranslated and put in more modern words, but it's never been actually brought better than the way it is. Long-suffering. Okay? Um, literally is slow to anger, slow to wrath. Okay? Uh, it goes right along with the one right before it. We know how to control our power. The next one is bearing with one another in love, uh, guys. We need to we need to be able to carry our brothers and sisters. Okay, uh, sometimes that literally means going and picking them up. No, I don't mean in a car. Sometimes it means picking them up off the ground. Okay, physically. Um, other times it just means listening when someone needs to talk Uh, but we need to bear with one another not only does it mean picking up our brothers and sisters but it also means putting up with aggravators how many of you guys have been in that situation where someone just would not stop talking and man if you if you weren't gentle you would have tried to knock them down right away because they talk how many of you let's be honest have popped one or two of them before I know a few of the guys and a few of the girls have a, have a problem before, okay? We need to learn how to put up with aggravators, okay? And uh, that's long-suffering. That's what Jesus did. That's what we got to do, okay? Moving right along because I know we don't have a whole lot more time. Uh, first, we see our walk has been defined by our consistency, and our walk is demonstrated by humility. The last one, w- it's not the last one, but it's the last one we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, our walk is emphasized by unity, Okay, told you we we're going to come to unity a little bit more. In uh, these next few verses, verses two uh, through six, we see the word "one" talked about seven times. Okay, uh, one blank, one blank, one blank, seven times. Um, three of those seven times, uh, we see it mentioned of God. Okay, the first one, it says uh, that we uh, are one body in one spirit. Okay, this spirit must be the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's how the early translators looked at it. That's how it's been looked at throughout all of history. Most of your Bibles even have the word spirit there capitalized. Okay, this is the Holy Spirit, the helper, the paraclete, as it is in Greek, who God the Father sent, Jesus promised it. Jesus said, hey, it's better that I leave you because someone greater is coming. Okay, the Holy Spirit, that person who empowers us, teaches us to understand God's word, teaches us to say no to sin, empowers us to be witnesses unto the world. Acts 1.8. We will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. It's the Holy Spirit who gives us gifts. Okay? And we've talked a little bit about that. We're going to talk more about that in two weeks. Okay? Um, but the Holy Spirit. Okay? Then we see down the very next verse. Uh, There's one Lord. Okay? Some Bibles have it fully translated out. There is one Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Lord. This is a title that is given to Jesus Christ. Pause the sermon real quick. Y'all know Christ wasn't Jesus' last name. Right? Okay. It means Lord. So, Lord. We all know what Lord means. Jesus Christ, which is Christos, which is Messiah. Meshik in the Hebrew, which literally means the Anointed One. Okay? So, the Lord, Jesus, the Anointed One. Okay? Um, and, and, and so we see Jesus mentioned here. We see the Spirit. We see Jesus. And then we see in verse 6, one God and one Father uh, who is of all. So we see the Trinity mentioned here in Scripture. Not by name, but by operation. Okay, um, And so uh, we have one body because of the Holy Spirit. Okay, uh, I think if we were to look around the room, we all look different for the most part. Okay, some of us are brothers and sisters, so we have a little bit more resemblance. But for the most part, we are all different. Okay, uh, but we are one body. How? How can that be? Uh, because the Holy Spirit. Okay, it's no respect our persons. It doesn't matter if you're black, white. Um, I think that old song "Jesus Loves the Little Children" is a little bit. Um, uh, predating our modern usage of colors. Uh, so we're not going to talk about being yellow or red. Um, but it doesn't matter your race, okay? It does not matter your race. God's for all people. We can see that here in the New Testament. Jews, Gentiles, free people, slaves, okay? Man and women. That's countercultural to this time, ladies. Back then, religion was only for men. Women were just... There. Okay? Countercultural. It's for them as well. Okay? Um, And it's all by the Holy Spirit. We're united together because of the Holy Spirit. So we're one body because of one Holy Spirit. We have one faith and we have one baptism because we have Christ. We are baptized into Christ. We have faith in Christ and what He did for us, and we have one Father, and that is God in us. We have unity. Uh, just so you guys know, unity uh, unity is not an ecumenical unity. Do you guys know what I mean when I say ecumenical? I think there's probably like four of you in the room, maybe even less than that, who would know what I mean when I say ecumenical. Okay? Back in the history of the church, they had all these decisions that were made. They had what was called ecumenical councils. Look it up on Wikipedia. We're not even going to talk about it tonight, okay? But it's just a institutionalized. This is unity, okay? Uh, it doesn't mean uh, 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 that the unity there uh, is a uniformity, which means it's a forced unity, okay? Uh, unity does not mean that as, Christi- uh, as Christians, we're going to agree on everything, okay? Uh, unity does not mean uh, that all religions lead to heaven and. Doesn't matter what you believe in. We all believe in a higher power. That's not what unity means. Okay, um, unity uh, is agreed upon, uh, and it's awesome. Okay, Th- this is really cool. Okay, uh, and I think it's cool because I think it gives us hope today. Because if we were to drive down the road um, and we looked, we'd probably see a bunch of churches, but we'd probably see a bunch of different denominations. Okay, I think if we were to go around the room and we just say, "Where did you start going to church?" I think probably in this room we probably have at least ten denominations represented. Um, we're just going to do this just for fun. Any Baptists in the room? Hola. Any Assemblies of God in the room? Any Foursquare in the room? Okay. Any Presbyterians in the room? Seventh-day Adventists. There we go. Do we have any Methodists? Church of God? Yeah, what's the difference between we're not gonna go there tonight, but that's a great question. <laughs> is, there, is, there a, that's a great, is there a vague answer to that? Yes, and we're gonna get to that in just like two seconds. Okay? okay? Uh, but that's a great, great question. Because what is the difference? And here's the deal: this is why we have hope. Okay? Because the early church, as early as 15 years after Jesus, they already had divisions. Evangelical. Evangelical, there we go. Thank you. Heaven. Um, I they already had divisions in the early church. The early church didn't agree on everything. Okay? We have James and Peter who say, in order to be a Christian, you got to be circumcised. It's painful to a lot of people. Paul says, no, it's a heart condition. It's a heart circumcision. Had some disagreement. They worked it all out. Uh, Barnabas and Paul, they butted heads. They separated. They didn't see each other again. The book of Acts tells us they part ways. But they both went and did great things for the gospel. Both went and did great things for the kingdom. We're not always going to agree, and it's always been like this. And this gives us hope, uh, and I think this is this is really cool. Uh, we agree on the basics, but because we agree on the basics, we're free to disagree on some different things. And so the basics, the core doctrines, the core beliefs. There's one God, okay, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, okay. Uh, there's Jesus who died for our sins, and it's in Him that we have salvation. We have the Word of God, which is the only revelation of god okay and we believe it to be fully from god and 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 there's a few other things okay you need jesus to get to heaven but those are some basics those are the founding blocks but then there's other things that we can disagree with like is the rapture going to come at this time is the rapture going to come at that time if you don't even know what the rapture is we can talk later but there's all millennials pre-millennialists post-millennialists pre-tribulists it just goes on and on then you got people who say we can speak in tongues. No, you really can't speak in tongues. Well, maybe you can. Is there prophecy still? Is there healing? Okay, there's so many different things. Am I saved? Did I choose to be saved? Or did God choose me to be saved? Woo, it just goes and goes and goes. But those are okay to disagree on. I want us to know those are okay to disagree on. She got a question then, Evan. Okay. So what do you say, Like, for the church to come to a decision, would you say it has to be unanimous? Not always. Okay. Not always. It's got to be scriptural. Okay? And if it's scriptural, then it's going to be unanimous. Does that kind of make sense? Did you say that's unhealthy? Or... No. The church? Uh, for, for the church to disagree, is that unhealthy? Yeah. Uh, I think in an ideal world, the church wouldn't disagree. Uh, but we don't live in an ideal world. We live in a fallen world. And once we get to heaven, guess what? We're all going to agree. That's going to be good. Evan, you had a question? I'll have so talk to you. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, here, here, here's the deal. Uh, I can speak about this from personal example. Okay. Our church, Hillside Christian Fellowship. Okay. Uh, we are a, a non-denominational church affiliated in cooperative fellowship with the Assemblies of God. Okay. The Assemblies of God, for those of you who even know what that's called, that's not even a denomination, just so you know. Okay. It's what's called a cooperative fellowship which is a fancy way of saying we're a bunch of churches that hang out together. We believe the same things. We're kind of a denomination, but not really. Uh, And then there's like networks, like the Acts 29 network, uh, which Mars Hill and a bunch of other churches are a part of. Uh, It's a family of churches, which is another new phrase in today's modern thing. We're a family of churches that believe the same thing. It doesn't matter. They're all the church. okay? But sometimes they disagree on some things, and and that's totally okay. So Hillside Christian Fellowship, we're one affiliation, uh, and we within the last six months, have started something in North Clackamas, okay? So from uh, uh, the Willamette to Damascus, from Johnson Creek uh, to the Clackamas River, okay? That little box, North Clackamas. We've started something called All One, and it is All One, the Church of North Clackamas serving God together, okay? Here's the deal. We don't care about denominations. We're saying, hey, we are the Church of North Clackamas, Okay? And so there's at least nine churches that are on board right now, and we're expanding. Because there is in that little block over 79 churches just in this little nook. Okay? They all preach Christ, but they don't do anything together. And it's time we come together, cross denominational lines, knock all those things down. Let's just hang out. Let's do the gospel together. We're more effective together than we are alone. Okay, And so we're doing it. It's super cool we got some churches on board, and it's awesome. Uh, how many of you guys have ever heard of St. Augustine before? Okay, uh, Pretty famous dude in the history of Christianity. He put it this way, and, and I think it's good, and I think we're going to kind of come to a close with these things. Uh, in essentials, so in basics and in foundations, uh, we have unity. In non-essentials, we have liberty. Okay, It's okay if we disagree, but in all things, we have charity. Which is a fancy old English way of saying we have purpose together. Okay, we do the gospel together. Okay, and so this is this is important for us. Uh, verse six, and we're going to close with this. Um, there's one God and Father of all, who was above all, who was through all, and who is in y'all. Okay. Uh, Paul must have been from Texas when he wrote this little portion of scripture. Um, But we have one God. And we see that one God uh, who is above all. Okay, guys, that's God's sovereignty. Okay? God is sovereign. He is above all things. Okay? And he's in charge of all things. Okay? Whether you like it or not, God is. He's above all things. The next, we see uh, that he is through all things. Okay, so... Uh, above all things was His sovereignty. Through all things is His agency. This is how God does things. He does things through us. He does things through you. You are an agent. If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're an agent of God. That's kind of cool. So now you can all go home and say, Woohoo, I'm a secret agent, James Bond style. No, you're a secret agent, God style. And don't even be secret. Just be all about it. Okay? Don't be undercover. Just go. Okay? No, What's that? come out out of the closet we heard that on Sunday morning that was good and then uh, the last one is in you all this is God's residency okay his sovereignty is that he's above all his agency is that he works through us and his residency is in us okay and that's important God has taken up residency in you if you'll put your faith in Jesus Christ God is in you God is working through you and God works for you okay and that's pretty important that's pretty cool so with that, I just want us all just to bow our heads and close our eyes. Because uh, that's a lot of information to try and swallow in one night, and that's okay. Um, but the question I just want to ask, because with these last three points, if we could just sum the sermon up in these last three points, uh, God is sovereign, he's above all. Uh, God uses us as his agents, uh, and God wants to take up residence inside you. If, if, if you hear these things, you're like, man, I don't even know who God is. Okay, It's not too late to know who God is. Okay? And I wouldn't be doing my job as a minister of the gospel of Jesus and as a follower of Christ if I did not give the opportunity for us to get to know God tonight. Okay, And there's lots of people in the room who love Jesus and who are all about him. And we can talk to him. But I just want to give you the opportunity. If you have not decided, I'm going to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. With every head bowed and with every eyes closed, I just want to ask you that question. If you are hearing this, maybe you've heard about God before, but you say, man, tonight I want to follow Jesus. I want him to take up residency in me. I want him to use me. I want him to work for me. I just want to give you the uh, opportunity right now. Just raise your hand. If you have never said, I want to follow Jesus, give me giving you the opportunity to raise your hand now. Awesome. Awesome. So here's the cool thing. You guys can all look up real quick. This is cool. I love it when this happens. Okay? There's multiple Things I love. Okay? When I ask a question like this, no hand goes up. That can mean one thing. That we're all a big family. That's epic. Okay? And so now we all have relationship together. We have unity together because we're in Christ. Now, on the other hand, no hand goes up. It could mean, hey, I'm hearing it, but I'm rejecting it. Okay? I'm not gonna do it. It's not for me right now. Okay? It's my duty to tell you if that is the case, if that is the case, you stand condemned in your sin. Okay? That's what the Bible says and you can walk out of this place and who knows you can get hit by a car God willing you don't okay I don't, I don't will that for anybody but hey the Bible tells us that every man is without excuse every woman is too and uh, we've all had the opportunity to come to God so no hand goes up. Hey praise God, we're all family or hey we're rejecting God okay and that's a big deal. Now, do you have to give your heart to the Lord in a sinner's prayer, sitting in a service like this on Tuesday night? No. You can just say under your breath, hey, Jesus, come into my life. Romans tells us that if we confess with our mouth and we believe it in our heart, then we're saved. Okay? And and God comes to all those who call upon him. Okay? So you don't have to do it now. I would encourage you to. Uh, But hey, guess what? No hand went up. I'm just going to say, hey, we're all in the same family. That's pretty cool. Uh, And because of that, let's just declare once and for all together that Jesus Christ is Lord. Romans chapter 10 tells us that if we believe in our heart and confess it with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you're saved. So all together, let's just say it as loud as we can because it's fun. We can make as much noise as we want because I lock up the building. Uh, On the count of three, we're going to say Jesus Christ is Lord. We're going to declare it and we're going to mean it from our heart. How's that sound? Three, two, one. Jesus Christ is Lord. Holla. There we go. Let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you so much, uh, God, for your word. God, we thank you that your word is true. We thank you that your word uh, never fails. Um, God, that it passes all time. uh, God, and it is for us today. God, we thank you uh, that your word uh, is sharper than any two-edged sword, God, and it pierces down to the deepest parts of us. God, And we just pray that tonight uh, we would walk away from this place even with a new understanding of what it means to walk. God, that we would walk with purpose. God, and that we would, our purpose would be be defined, God, by consistency. God, that we would be consistent. That we would not only talk the talk, but that we would walk the walk. God, that we would have humility. God, that we would be able to understand what it means to be lowly, to be like Christ. God, we would understand what it means to harness our power and to be gentle. God, that we would put up with those who are aggravators and then we would pick up our brothers and sisters when they have fallen down. And God, that that, that, that we would be emphasizing our walk in unity. Uh, God, we are one body in one spirit. We have one faith and one baptism in your son, Jesus Christ. And God, we have one father who is above all, who works through all. And God, you have taken up residence in all of us. Amen. So God, we just thank you. God, go with us as we go from this place. Um, and God, we just thank you and we praise you in your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Well, hey, guys, before.